Welcome to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, where our goal is to connect listeners to the great outdoors with hosts Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. I'm host Ben Brandell, owner of Meant to Be Outdoors, instructor of outdoor skills, and passionate about personal growth. I'm host Brian Hoffmeyer, wildlife biologist and avid outdoorsman. Welcome back to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. I'm your host, Brian, with my co-host, Ben Brandell, and we are back with a very special episode to end 2022. We have two, not one, two special guests today. We actually have my son, Hayes, and Ben's son, Bodie. Bodie and Hayes, Thank you guys for being here today. Can you guys tell us how old you are? Bodie, how old are you? Seven. Seven years old. And Hayes, how old are you? Four. Four years old. And the reason we're having you guys on today, because we went and did something really fun together yesterday, right? All four of us? What did we go do, Bodie? We went squirrel and rabbit hunting. Squirrel and rabbit hunting, right. We call it small game hunting. You know, we recently did a podcast episode where we talked about outdoor winter activities that are great to go do. And one that we mentioned was small game hunting. That's a great way to get young hunters or people that are new to the outdoors to go out, get some exercise, enjoy creation, learn and see all kinds of things. And then you can also bring some food home to the table as well. So we really had a great time yesterday. It wasn't quite as easy as we thought, but we are so excited to have uh, these two boys here with us to share this story. But before we get started, we need to give thanks. What are you thankful for? That we got to go squirrel hunting. So you're thankful that we got to go squirrel hunting? Good. Um, I'm thankful for friends. You know, uh, we got to spend really uh multiple days with family and friends and then we got to finish it with an awesome squirrel hunt with Hayes and brian and so truly thankful for for friends and for people that want to spend time with us yeah and Hayes, what are you thankful for i don't know you don't know are you thankful for that new bb gun you got to take hunting with us and i'm thankful for family you know as you get older and families get spread out, um, you have all these memories of, of your time as a youth and all your Christmases with your aunts and uncles and cousins, and it's really hard to make those happen again as people as people get older. Not only do you have people dying in your family, but people are getting married and having kids and getting careers and moving away. So being able to get together like we were uh, with my family this Christmas, and we haven't in several years, uh, was such a huge blessing to, to stand in a room with three and four generations of one family, people sharing the same last name, sharing the same DNA, just to sit down and share um, a meal. It's just a beautiful picture of God's love. And so we are really, really thankful to do that. Uh, but we we're really looking forward to getting home to, to go on this hunt that we had planned. Absolutely. You know, we had talked about this before you guys left. We wanted to take our sons out and really kind of goes back to the tradition that you were just talking about with family. You know, um, a lot of families have the traditions of small game hunting around Christmas. And that's exactly what we want to do with our boys. Yeah, so we'll call this our, our first annual day after Christmas small game hunt. And we'll try to do this every year, and it'll be really fun to, yeah. to watch the boys grow. And, you know, they're they're both at ages now that we, we really are uh, the hunters, and, and they're there spending time with us. Uh, Hayes, which I, I know he's really thankful for his his new BB gun that he got for Christmas, so it, it was really cool. So uh, Santa brought in that. We even set up a little a little range in our our basement, kind of a cool. It's a Daisy BB gun, and in the directions, as I was reading through, 
kind of funny to be candid with you. We we opened the box and this particular BB gun, I have taught with uh-huh. on on the Daisy inflatable BB gun range, hours and hours and hours and hundreds if not thousands of kids I've taught this same BB gun. So Hayes, being the calculated boy that he is, went through the box and found everything that was in it, and he pulled out and he found these directions. And he was so excited about these directions, he brought them to me. He said, Daddy, Daddy, here's the directions. And I, I even looked at my wife, and I think he made the comment like, oh, just what I need, you know, directions for a BB gun. Yeah. Well, something prompted me to, I opened them up. I ripped the plastic off, and I opened up these directions. And in there, I was really glad I did. Not only does it have a really cool diagram um, that helped me teach him how to aim, how to line up that front sight with, with the gap in the rear sight. It was really cool to be able to show him on the gun and show this illustration that they had. But they also had directions for setting up an indoor BB target. Right. And so we did that. You take a cardboard box, box and you stack some magazines in the back. They had to be at least three inches thick, and that kind of stops the BB as it goes through. And then you fill the rest of the box with loose paper, and it stops the BBs. Wow. What you do have to be sure is to hang like a loose sheet or something behind it so that there's no ricochet off of a concrete basement wall or anything like that. But we did. We set it up in the basement. I thought, well, this is really cool for people that are in really cold places to still be able to you could shoot a, a low-power BB gun in, in your house. So we were able to practice before we went out. Yeah, make sure what kind of, you, you know the BB gun you have. But that's awesome. You know, I, uh, I actually received a pellet gun for Christmas. Um, it's a very low-powered pellet gun. And I actually read the directions as well. Never have done that before. But <laughs> I needed to because of, of the two-part system that it, that, it, uh, that it had. So the directions actually told me the same thing about shooting it on an indoor course and setting up a blanket, and I thought... Is that or is that a sign that we're getting old, that we're, we're reading directions now? Or is that <laughs> it's a, wisdom. As a it's, wisdom. It's wisdom. Oh, We've gosh. never read directions before. So it's it was neat to to find and discover, just like you said, that you can make an indoor course with a BB gun. Uh-huh. I mean, we've shot BB guns indoors before, but it wasn't safe. So now that we know how, that's great. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. We used to shoot them at each other when we were kids. <laughs> <laughs> not you and I, but me and my friends. Right, correct. And correct. I would not uh, encourage my my kids to do that now. No, no. That's... But we definitely we definitely no, did smart. do that. If I if I'm being candid, but yeah, why I even bring up the BB gun was I let my son bring his BB gun. That was that was his weapon. And then uh, your your son got a, a really cool Christmas present that he was able to bring out too. He did. Can you t- can you tell him what you got for Christmas? Yeah, Bodie. What was the the Christmas gift that you brought on the hunt with us? I got a twenty two. You did. You got a twenty two. Is it a rifle or a pistol? What is it? A pistol. A pistol. It was. It was a really cool. It's a revolver. Uh, I think it's a single action. Uh huh. Yeah. Is it six shot or eight shot? It's six. Six shot. Yep. Single action. Twenty long rifle. Twenty two. Really cool. Really cool. Uh, little pistol. So uh, you got to bring that out and experience that out on the hunt as well. Yep. Um, our goal really for the hunt was to, to spend time with our sons. Um, and we really wanted to have them on the podcast and we really wanted them to have the full, um, I guess the full gamut of a hunt. This was Hayes's first time ever hunting. And this was Bodie's, I think third or fourth time. Yeah. We've been a few times hunting, but we, we really wanted to harvest we wanted to be able to take it home and, and clean it and process it and then eat it. We really wanted them to try it. I don't think either of them have ever tasted squirrel before. So we oh. wanted to go through that whole process with them. And, and thankfully, we were finally able to make the whole the whole process happen. But there was a time there where we didn't think it was going to happen, did we? 
No, we didn't. No. So, Bodie, can you tell us what? How do we start? Where did we start off at? Well, did we drive there? We. Where did we go? We went in the woods and we, and we brought our guns and we shot um some. We shot a squirrel. That we absolutely did. We that was it. That was it. That was a that was a summation of the whole day, really. But where we started was. Ben, it was some of your family's property? Yeah, or that's what, family What's the land. connection? Yeah, yeah, family land. And uh, uh, we actually kind of hopped on some different family land properties, and um, we were looking for rabbit and squirrel. So, you know, the places that we were going had habitat for both. Um, let's talk about weather really fast. It has been so cold, so, so cold. We had snow on the ground. Yeah, kind of delayed didn't delay our day that we were hunting but we were going to start in the morning and we had to wait till yeah because it's like 18 degrees at like 9 a.m or something like oh, that oh no i think it was it was nine o'clock or excuse me it was nine degrees when i got up right uh, but which i went like 18 early. at like i think it was like 18 degrees at like 9 a.m so we kind of wanted to wait till about noon till yeah, it got up pretty decent to, wind chill factor going yeah. on there too but it was supposed to be warming up there's a, a southern uh, a southern warm front moving through so by Two or three in the afternoon, it was supposed to be up to 34. So we did wait till lunch, and I think when we started, it was about 28 degrees. So we still had to bundle up. It was cold, and there's a lot of snow on the ground. I shouldn't say a lot. A lot of places still have a couple inches of snow on the ground from a a storm system we had last week. And that's why I was bringing up weather is because that was really useful. That was really helpful for our search because um, there was some wind. We had a little bit of wind, a breeze, and uh, we didn't see a lot of squirrel, you know. But you and I, we kept seeing a lot of rabbit. Yeah, we kind of we thought there might be a lot of squirrels out because it's been so cold, and a lot of times, the first warm day after several cold days, the squirrels will just be going everywhere. They'll kind of come out of their torpor and be running around everywhere, trying to find some some calories and get warm. Uh, but we we didn't see very many. We saw a ton of deer tracks. It was really cool to kind of scout. We're going to do some some black powder uh, muzzleload hunting here. And the coming days, and it was really kind of cool to be out there scouting and seeing where all these deer are moving. Um, and we actually finally did we see any deer, Hayes? We did. Buck. We saw a buck. Was it a big buck? A little buck. It was a little buck. Yeah, it was just a spike buck. Um, but it was really cool. We kind of crested to the top of the hill, and he was crossing the trail about 50 yards in front of us, and we were able to crouch down real quick. And you. Ben and Bodie were kind of down the hill behind us. I think you'd stop to fix a shoe or fix a coat or something for a second. Um, I saw it first, and I pointed it out to Hayes as we crouched down, and he kind of said, where? And as he finally saw it crossing the trail, he turned around, and what'd you say to them? When you saw it, what'd you say to them? You remember what he said? He said, hey, guys, we found a deer! Real loud. And I said, oh, whoa, whoa, we gotta be quiet when we see it, but that bug did look up and, and hear us and see us, but he didn't He didn't flag and take off. He kind of just eased off down the hill, and you guys were able to come up and kind of see it walking down the hill as, as he was disappearing out of sight. So that's one thing about being out and going just outdoors in general, whether you're hunting or not, is experiencing everything there is to experience out there besides what you're actually out there to do. So we were small game hunting, but experiencing the deer, seeing all the tracks and the story that was being told, um, and then especially when you bring your young kids out there, you get to answer questions like, Hayes asked me, why didn't we shoot it? Well, we don't have the weapons to do so, and we're not deer hunting. Right. We're yeah. Not. yeah. We. It is season currently. That's what 
Boney and I talked about because he kind of wanted to do both, and I said, "Well, Bub, it's it's pretty hard to carry both and and to to focus on the safety of doing both." So I said, "Let's pick one," and that's why we, we didn't bring any firearms to shoot deer with. Right. But we did see deer, and you know, that's what I want to ask Bodie is is when he saw that deer, what was going through your head when we were on that trail walking looking for squirrel and rabbit? What were some things you were thinking about? I wish we could find one, like. Like I really wish we could find one and eat eat one, and shoot one and catch one and eat one. Yeah, so that's what was going through your head the whole time. Now let me ask you that because that's what was going through my head, and I know Hayes, you got kind of frustrated, didn't you, buddy? Yeah, he got kind of frustrated. Hayes doesn't want to talk a whole lot, so I might have to answer some of his questions for him. But he's a little nervous about being on the podcast, which is understandable for for a little guy. He got really frustrated at one point because he said, I just want to kill something. He just wanted to kill something. This was a couple hours in, and that's that's hunting. That's Those are lessons that come along with it. So many people think you just go out and shoot what you had planned to shoot. There are lots of people that don't understand hunting that literally think you just walk out in the woods and, and see all these animals and just start shooting and slaughtering. It is called hunting because it is a pursuit. There is You have to make a plan. You have to execute that plan, and then you're going to find out whether that plan was the correct one or not, and you are having to read the signs, the weather, the environmental signs of where the, the wind is, where the tracks and the trails are, where you think these animals might be based on the food that's available. You have to put this whole puzzle together to even make a plan, even when you're just small game hunting. That's true, and, and that's what we did. That's why when we would see the rabbit tracks in the snow, it gave me hope because <laughs> We weren't seeing anything. It was it was like it was a super cold, windy day. I mean, there was just nothing moving right. at all. Um, but as as the day went on, we started to see a little more life emerge. And, again, we saw tracks in yeah. that snow, and that's that's what gave me and Bodie hope. We kept seeing those tracks, and you guys were up ahead of us, and you'd be like, we see them crossing right here, you know, and so we would get a little excited um, thinking that one could jump out at any time. Well, the, the first ridge that we walked, um, they had recently did some timber harvest on that ridge. And so there were still some, some uh, treetop dozer deck piles where they pushed some of these treetops together. And, you know, they make okay rabbit habitat, but they also make really good habitat for rabbit predators. So foxes and coyotes will den in these dozer deck piles. So there's not a lot of rabbits in them. If you get some of these smaller brush piles, you're going to have some rabbits in there. And so there was a little bit of that habitat on this first ridge, but had we not seen the tracks in the snow, I would have told you there was no rabbits up there. So that was my encouragement going forward. We put them on lookout. So when, when we were checking those big piles, Bodie and Hayes, they were standing always looking and scanning for any movement in mm-hmm. case any kind of rabbit, anything, anything flew out of there, ran out of there. They were watching, ready for it. Right. So really that first ridge, all we saw was a deer, and then I did see one armadillo. Armadillo. Which is, as cold as it was, I was a little surprised to see it out, but did see it scurrying about and uh, was a little disappointed because when it flushed, I was like, oh, rabbit. And <laughs> no. Nope, just armadillo. Yeah. He's, if, he's, if you'd have been hunting armadillo, you wouldn't have seen one, though. That seems you know? <laughs> to be the way it goes a lot of times, but... The boys did really good because we walked in, you know, about a mile, and then we walked back out to our trucks, and we decided we'd, we're going to drive around to the other side of the farm, and we're going to go in another area. And we picked this area because you had been deer hunting there about a month ago, and you had seen a few rabbits. And historically, it is a good squirrel hunting area, so we kind of had high hopes that 
the boys had enough energy to to finish off, and we'd we'd get on something there. And uh, there was a lot more rabbit habitat here because of they did timber harvest in this area too, but just all the briars and stuff that that have grown up. Uh, you really couldn't hardly walk through it. And just a, a quick piece on, on rabbit habitat. If you can see through it, that's probably not good rabbit habitat. And so a lot of times there were things that I saw and I'd walk up to it and it looked like, oh, this is a great thing. I need to go kick this for a rabbit, see if I can flush one. And as I got up to it, I could see through the whole thing. If you could see if a rabbit's sitting in there, probably not great ha- rabbit habitat. If you can walk through it really easy, probably not great rabbit habitat. So we transitioned from an, a ridge that didn't have hardly any rabbit habitat to a place that was so loaded with it that we couldn't even walk through it. And So how's your shins feel? <laughs> so my legs look like I have chicken pox today. Oh, that's awesome. They look like I have chicken pox from uh, all the thorns. I still have some of my knees that I can't get out. We were uh, really wanting to harvest something for the boys. We were really motivated and because so of the boys, yeah. Brian, <laughs> when Brian said, if you can see through it, then it's probably, you know, there's no rabbit. You could not see through where Brian was walking at all. Like so much that he couldn't even hardly, he couldn't even hardly get through. Yeah. He was <laughs> I mean, literally getting tripped up and, and get hung up in everything that he was walking through. But he was doing it for his boys because we really wanted to flush out we, a rabbit. We did. And let me, let me ask Hayes this. Hayes, did we see any rabbits over there? We didn't see any rabbits? How many rabbits did we see yesterday when Daddy was going through the bushes? Two. We saw two rabbits going through there. So that was kind of our motivation to keep pushing through there. We knew there were rabbits. And when I got in this thick stuff, there were so many rabbit tracks. It looked like they should just be jumping all around. But the problem was the pusher, which as a youth for me was a dog. Uh But if you're using a human, they are not usually the person that actually harvests the rabbit because these rabbits will pop out on a side. There was a field up above us and a road down below. They'll pop out on these edges, run down, and then tuck back in. And there was so much habitat for rabbit where we were. It went on for several hundred yards, and it was so solid that we were just pushing them. They are just inching along ahead of us. They weren't letting us get up to them and push them. And then when I did, it kind of was just hopping through this thick cover. There was one that I would have had a been able to shoot however i was literally wrapped up in grapevine i couldn't even raise my (laughs) arms and my shotgun up to shoot because i was so wrapped up in this stuff so it was like oh there he is he's hopping away there's nothing i could do um except track him down and see if we could flush him again now a little little bit of a some extra information i took a 22 and you took a shotgun right and so we kind of wanted to have a, a mix because it is a whole lot easier to harvest squirrels way up in a tree with a 22 it's a whole lot easier to harvest rabbits on the ground with a shotgun. Yes, so it is. So we're kind of trying to to do the best of both worlds. And so as Brian was pushing, which even when he was pushing, those those rabbits would never really come out in the open and just hang out. I mean, as soon as they ran out, they ran right back into the bush. Uh-huh. And, I mean, it was so thick that by the time, like I said, Brian was walking through it. So by the time he would push it, if it ran out and it ran back in, Brian still couldn't get anywhere because he's he, he can't get through it as quick as this rabbit. Right. So uh, we had a really hard time flushing them as, as thick as it was and really getting a clear shot. I did have a shot at one. It was right in between Brian and I. 
mm-hmm. and I had a 22, like I said, and and I wasn't going to risk it. I, I saw you up there. It, I, I was about to say it was it probably would have been a safe shot, but because I had to say probably, that's that's why I didn't take the shot. Yeah, and it was really disappointing because that was about the time the boys were really like, all right. Dad, yeah. we're three hours in. Let's get yeah. And and I checked. I didn't even tell you this. I checked yesterday because I was thinking, man, I'm just so proud of these boys that they they never they never complained. They they hiked all these miles. It was cold. They had tons of clothes on. We had to wear extra orange over the top because it is deer season. Um, and they just did such a good job. Um, and we hiked five miles yesterday. That's awesome. These boys did five good job, miles. Boys, five miles. And this and and just. To kind of explain where we live, you know, we have ridges that change four to five hundred feet in elevation. So we aren't just walking through uh, flat fields. These boys are, are traversing some terrain that is covered in snow too, nonetheless. So yeah. they did a really good job. I was I was really really proud of them. But at this time when we were seeing these rabbits, they were kind of getting into this. All right, we I want to kill something. I, Hayes even said you were really wanting us to kill something, weren't you, dude? Because yeah. now we're starting to get into, we're starting to make some snowballs. Yeah. yeah. We came out of the bushes at one point, and you guys were having a snowball fight. Having yeah. a little snowball fight with each other a little bit. Yeah. Who yeah. threw the first snowball? I did. Hey, so you started the <laughs> snowball fight. Who finished the snowball fight? Bodie. Bodie. I think Bodie, Bodie made contact uh, with your, with your uh, schnoz, right? Yeah. I think he was able to hit you right in the nose with one. Then it's over. Then it was over. Yeah. I think at that point you had gloves that were full of snow. <laughs> you had snow in your in your neck gaiter. So I think it was about over at that point. So we we were like, it's time to head back to the truck. The boys were ready to go home. And we were still going to hunt on our way back. And so I hopped into the bushes. You took the boys kind of down on the lower road. And really we just kept moving and hoping something would come out. Not as much hope as before because we're literally going where we just came from. We're going back through where we just came from. Right. Um, and we went all the way back to the truck. We were, what, 100 yards from the truck and 50 yards from the end of the trail? Right. And Maybe. what did we finally see, boys? What did we see, Bodie? A squirrel. A squirrel. A squirrel. It was awesome. And yes. so we set the boys on one ridge. Yeah. And yes. we went over to the other ridge. Yes. And this um, squirrel, where was the squirrel when we finally got to it? In the tree. And it was really, really high in the tree. I'm going to say about 80 feet. Now, could you guys see it when we were trying to shoot it? No. You couldn't see it? No. No. So they were over on one ridge, and this squirrel was so high, we were having a hard time seeing it. Now, Ben, you had a scoped rifle, and it was so high, and the wind was blowing, the tree was swaying. It wasn't going to be a shot that we could... We, You and I are not skilled enough to make this shot free-handed, so... You kind of pushed around to the other side of the tree, and I stood on one side with my shotgun. But with an improved cylinder barrel and and small game shot, it was it was too far of a shot. It was yeah. so far up there. Um, well, I was prepared to take it with a twenty-two, and but I, I had to get secure because it was windy. But I'm also finding that because it was windier up high than down where we're standing, those the treetops were, were moving. It was swing. a moving target, right? So and, I really wanted to get secure because I really wanted. And to, me and Bodie um, saw it fall. Yes, so yeah. so I was able to to find a tree. I was able to get a shot, hit it, and that's when it fell. Yeah. So Hayes saw that fall, but then what did it do? It got stuck, didn't it? Yeah. It got stuck. It only fell about halfway down. Um, but there were so many limbs that I actually shot at one point, and 
through all the limbs and it got it moving, but it, I didn't hit it. And then so once it got stuck, who finished it off? Who made the last shot on it? Do you guys remember? Daddy. Daddy, yeah. So I was able to take my shotgun and, and, and finish it off and it fell down in... Were you guys excited when you saw the squirrel fall? Bodie, were you excited? Yes. Yes. So what did you guys do? Because I wish we could have had a camera on yeah. you when that squirrel fell down to the ground. What did you guys do when that squirrel fell? What were you doing? Tell them. Um, we were jumping up and down on the top of the ridge. Were you guys doing that, Hayes? Yes. What were you saying? You kept saying, yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Were you saying that? Mm. Yeah. And then, so we we put our guns down, unloaded them, and we called the boys down the hill. And where they were standing, you know, 20 yards to their left was a trail to come down the hill to where we were. And then 20 yards to their right was a trail to come down the hill where they were. And they bypassed both of them and went right through all the briars and brambles. They were so excited, they just came straight down the hill. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Did you get any thorns in your legs when you were doing that? I think you got some in your face, Hayes, because you got scratches down both sides of your face today. Yeah, Bodie had, Bodie had some on his hands. Did you get them out? Um, well, they weren't in there. They just scratched They me. just scratched it up. But you guys didn't even feel the thorns because you were so excited to come get the squirrel. And we were so pumped that you were so excited. Um, and then you guys had to come down. We lost it. We couldn't find it, right? So you guys had to come help no, us find it. Help us find it. We helped you find it. Were we maybe playing you a little bit? Yeah, we wanted you guys to find it. And what did it look like when you guys found it and picked it up? Blood. Blood. It was bloody. Who picked it up? I did. Who's I? Bodie. Bodie Creek. That's right. You guys picked it up. What did it feel like? What did its fur feel like? It was soft. It was soft. pretty soft. It was really soft. His little white belly was really soft. Um, we picked it up. We took some, some harvest pictures. And then we made our way back to the truck. And what did we do once we got in the trucks? Where did we, we go? We went to our house. We went back to our house. And what did we do when we got to the house? Cleaned we cooked it, it and, and cleaned it. And cleaned it. And then we eat. And then we took the skin off and then we ate it. Yeah, we did. We, we took it out. Did we do it in the house or did we do it outside? And out the house. Well, outside. We cooked it in the house and then we got the skin off outside right right but in the, we're gonna flip that order we took it outside we skinned it and we gutted it and got it all ready to bring in to cook what'd you guys think about what was happening when we were skinning it Bodie, you actually helped me skin it do you guys think that was cool or gross i thought it was kind of cool kind of cool what'd you think Hayes? what about when i <laughs> cut it open and i showed you guys the heart pretty cool pretty cool Bodie, you touched the heart. What did it feel like? It was hard. It was hard as a rock, wasn't it? And you asked me why it was hard, and what did I tell you? Do you remember? Because it's a muscle. muscle. The heart's a muscle. So, yeah, you had that in there. And then, as we were gutting it, we really thought we figured out why the squirrel even came out. Because we didn't see any other squirrels. None of them were out and about. And we're, we figured out why we thought the squirrel came out. Do you remember what we found? We found the squirrel. We found his bladder, and it was full of pee. His bladder was completely full of pee. So we think he came out to pee, and unfortunately for him, some hunters were there, but fortunately for us, because we yeah. got some food out of it, yeah. didn't we? So we got it all cleaned up. We took it inside. How did we cook it? Um, 
in the pan. Yeah, we fried it in the pan. We, we coated it in a little flour and seasoning. We fried it in some hot grease. And then it was time for you guys to taste it. Did you guys both eat it, Bodie? Mm-hmm. You guys both ate it? Yes. And, Bodie, I'm going to ask you first. Did you like it? It was okay. It was okay. And, Hayes, did you like it? Yes. Yes, he did like it. And did you guys want more when you were done with what was on your plate? No. No, you guys asked for chicken nuggets. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, they ate, they ate a couple pieces a piece. Yeah. You know, they each got a leg. Yeah, they each got a leg. Yeah, Hayes, you were saying there was something that Bodie didn't like or something you didn't like about the squirrel. What was it? What was it you didn't like? The guts. The guts. Bodie, did you like the guts? No. He didn't like them either? He said, what'd he say? He said, ew! And then, but he did touch the heart, and, and you weren't wanting to touch the heart, but you guys still trusted your dads enough to take it in and clean it and cook it the right way, and you ate it, and then we gave you some chicken nuggets and tater tots afterwards. <laughs> that was kind of your reward, and I asked you, would you rather have squirrel or chicken nuggets, and what'd you say, Hayes? What? Chicken nuggets. Chicken nuggets. Yeah, we'd rather have chicken nuggets, and that's okay. Was there anybody else that ate some squirrel with you up there? Daddy and Uncle Ben. And Reed. And Reed. And who's Reed? Um, my brother. He's your baby brother, right? Yeah. Hey, Reed is his one-year-old brother, and he actually had some of the squirrel, too. Did he like it, Bodie? Yes. He did. He ate it right up. It was I think good. he ate more than, than uh, Bodie and yeah, Hayes. They liked it. So it was really cool just to see the them take part in something we love, one, but to learn that where your food comes from. It doesn't come from the store. Whether you're buying a cow or, or a pig, it was somebody had to take that take that animal's life and and butcher it and clean it and take their guts out and to prep it to to even be in the store to be bought and cooked. Not only that, they saw how the process works, so they started this they're now in the process of understanding how to obtain their own food and and our goal is that someday they are able to do oh. that because it's not always promised hey be outdoors <laughs> it is not always promised that we're going to be able to go to the store and buy everything that we want and we need so having the skills is a great thing not only is it a, a great sport and a great way to spend time outdoors and in creation and spend time with people that you love but there are so many lessons to be taught so Bodie, I'm wondering if you can tell me one thing that you learned yesterday, squirrel hunting and rabbit hunting, that you didn't know before you went. Um, how to shoot the gun. How to shoot the gun? Because you, you was that the first time you shot your new 22, and that was really good. So we weren't even shooting it at animals. We just found a place before we started to have a little target practice, and that was fun too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Hayes? I had a little practice in my target. Had a little practice on your target. We got to shoot your BB gun before we went. What did we use to shoot the BB gun for while we were out there? The nests. Yeah, we're trying to see if we could get some squirrels to to come out of the nest. So we'd shoot around the nest to see if we could make some noise and get the squirrels to come out. Yeah, we even found some dead trees uh, that had holes in them. And we even tried to knock and beat like old Sasquatch. We were trying to make noises on them to... Try to get them to come out, but they just, boy, just they didn't. Couldn't quite get them to come out. But we're so thankful that we got to spend the day with you boys. We hope for that there's many, many, many more days that you guys get to come hunting with us. Yes. And we really hope to see your progression. And, and someday we hope that we're just tagging along with you guys, watching you guys do all the harvesting and all the flushing of the rabbits. 
and then uh, someday we're going to be too old to even do it with you, so you're going to have to go out and do it on your own, and that's really what we're wanting to pass along is traditions and skills and, and life lessons that we were passed on to us from our family members and friends, and so as outdoorsmen, as Christians, we feel obligated to pass those things on as well because God created all of that not only for us to enjoy but to provide for us and for us to have dominion over and take care of. So we are passing that on to our children, and we really, really want to inspire and encourage other people to do that as well. You know, Brian, something that a takeaway for me, taking the boys out was a blast. You know, I think the role that I kind of played in this is, is I was really kind of taking care of the boys while you were really – trying to push something out i mean brian was was jumping on, <laughs> jumping on down trees and, and going through big old thorn thickets and and uh really working hard and, and i was really trying to stay back and make sure the boys were following us and, and staying safe um but for those listening you know if, if this excites you if this is something you want to take your your kids and do you can and the number one thing first is is to man be gun safe like learn how to use your firearm know how to shoot your firearm you know you've got to be thinking that's why i stayed back with the kids brian went ahead and in case brian was able to get a shot he was way ahead of us we stayed way back so you know it's really that safety aspect first and foremost just knowing your firearm but then combining that with a hike i mean that's all we did is is we want to we want to go out and we just hiked with our boys the exercise is awesome we got exercise fresh air we went hiking and while we're hiking we were looking for something to eat and you can do that too a tip for everybody, though, is anytime that you're going out hunting of any kind, honestly, I've started doing this not too long ago. I haven't been doing this all my life, but but when you're with multiple people walking around, wear orange. Yep. Whether it's hunting season or not, you know. Uh, Just to be able to know where your whole party is. Yeah, my yep. wife's family lives up north, and when we go up and visit them, we'd go in, we'd do rabbit hunting with bows or shotguns, and we just got in the habit of, of always putting on something orange, especially a hat, you know, because yep. if you're going to split up, and I mean by splitting up of only being 20 yards away on you know on two ridges or down on the bottom and up the top, it's really hard to see where people are at, especially when you're when you're looking for moving animals. So mm-hmm. it's so important to to have that orange on, and I can't stress that enough for for those that are out. Wear that orange, be safe, know your firearms, and then yeah, get out, go to a place that allows you to hunt small game, and take your kids, take your family, go do it, do it together. Right and. And just to kind of give you uh, some useful tools if this is something you're wanting to go do, you don't have to know somebody that owns land, and you don't have to own land yourself. Most public land, I mean, besides city parks, are, are going to allow you to go small game hunting. So definitely check before you go. But I know growing up, all the small game hunting that we did, even when we had rabbit dogs, we were going to to state-owned land, and it was really awesome. You kind of had to hop around and find which one had a good population of rabbits, but within an hour's drive of the house, we were able to find a couple properties that always had some rabbits. So whatever state you're in, your wildlife agency has, our government has done a great job in the United States of preserving lands that are available to you to go hunt especially for small game hunting. So so get out and take advantage of some of those. Even if you don't want to go harvest them, you know what? Why don't you go out and just see if you can find a rabbit? Find a rabbit. Learn to track. Learn its habitat. There's so many lessons. There's so much to be taught on a hunt that you don't even realize what your kids are taking in and learning. You know they're sponges. You can observe that from just being around them. But they are learning unconsciously where rabbits live. They are learning unconsciously what rabbits do um, in response to a predator. Then if you're able to harvest 
I mean, these boys yesterday, we had this squirrel opened up, and, and they're getting to see organs. They, they know what a heart is. They've heard about hearts. They've heard about lungs, but they are getting to see it. These boys even kept saying, oh, it looks like a human. Once we had all the fur off, they thought, oh, my goodness, it looks like a human. And so just gaining this understanding of, of mammals have very similar bodies and mechanisms, and they have all the same parts, just different sizes, and the way they're put together. There is so much. That's just stuff I'm realizing that they learned. They probably learned a 100 things each or more yesterday. Um, they don't realize it. We don't realize it. But take your kids and take your family and take your friends out and do these things so that as they get older, they have the skills and the knowledge to be people that are, are productive in our culture and our society. You know, one thing that changed for me on this trip versus trips I've taken before is when, when Bodie and I went out, we thought we were prepared, but... The hardest part, I think, is with the ages of our kiddos is the clothing and the, and the, really the clothing and mm-hmm. the shoes that they need to go out and do this. And, and that's kind of hard for parents. It's, it's, it is hard, you know, for those listening. They may not have a lot of winter clothing for their kids to go out and do that. And it's it hard with tough. young kids because you buy it one year, then the next year they've got to get new stuff. They're changing size so much. Right, and that's what I was going to say, that you know we actually went to go put our boots on that we have been wearing, and they're too small. Mm-hmm. So now we had to jump up to some some extra boots that we had, and, man, they just didn't fit very well. And, and so it is tough. It is tough it is. as a parent to to always have everything your kiddo needs you yep. know, for the outdoors. It is tough. The biggest thing to remember is – that cotton kills, and I'm not saying right. that your, your kid is going to die if they go outside in cotton, but they're going to be cold. Yep. Um, you cannot put cotton on them anywhere, and definitely don't put it on anything that's touching their skin, their yep. socks, their underwear. If um, you know, I I know people, and I've had even recommended to me before to to put my kids' pajamas on as as um, as their base layer, as their long yep. underwear. And most pajamas are cotton. So I said, that's actually a, a terrible idea. Well, Don't actually, do that. Well, actually, I, I want to state that um, I went through Bodie's pajamas. He has so many pairs. We actually wore pajamas on this trip. Yeah. But they were all polyester. Yep. So the tops and bottoms. Um, and, and a lot of those will be, they'll have like a flame retardant. Like if you look at all the kiddos, all their pajamas, it's got some sort of flame retardant. And I'll tell you, you want to... You want to pick out the the synthetic ones. It yep. is difficult in your hand to tell cotton versus synthetic. And what I mean is is that he also had a pair where his bottoms, the pants, were synthetic, but the shirt was cotton. Yep. And they had they had, had both. And I don't know why. Um, and then he has outfits that are all cotton. So there are synthetic pajamas. Um, yeah, if you have like any kind of fleece, those any fleece pajamas, those are usually going to be synthetic. But yeah, make sure you're looking at them if right. you're going to use pajamas. Pajamas are a great way to layer if they're not cotton. Right. Again, when they get to socks, you know, it, we just now got haze. Uh, actually, Santa brought him some some wool socks because we do enough outdoor things. That's something we always struggle with is his feet. And even if you don't have great shoes, having great wool socks is a game changer. What we did. We asked Santa and made sure that we got him a couple sizes bigger than he wears. You can wear socks that are too big and grow into them. So he'll be able to wear these for two, three years. And then, fortunately for us, we can pass them on to his little brother. But we'll get him some socks in. So buy your socks a little big. Big socks are actually warmer than small socks because they allow more air to be trapped. So big socks are okay. Definitely get some wool socks. Kids ones are hard to find. I will say we were able to find... 
some um they had some for sale at Bass Pro. We saw some kids' wool socks, and you can buy them on Amazon. But it is hard to just go to Walmart or somewhere and find wool socks for kiddos. Yeah. So just, yeah, do do the best with what you got. You know, if if you need to limit the amount of time that you're out to keep them warm, then so be it. Right. You know, do whatever you need to do in that situation. But all the only point I wanted to make is I understand that it is tough to have the shoes, to have the socks, to have the clothing, just to go out to do a small game hunt. It can be tough, but I but today in the modern culture that we live, you probably have a majority of it anyway. So look through the clothes, see what they are. You probably have it in that closet and and can, and it will allow your kids to stay warm while they're outside. Right. Yeah. And so lastly, Hayes, I just want to say to you as your daddy, thank you for going on this hunt with me, and I want you to know that I love you so much, and I look forward to a lot more hunts with you. Is there anything that last things that you wanted to say into the mic? What did you want to say? Um, I like inside the squirrel. You liked the inside of the squirrel. You liked learning all that. It was pretty cool, wasn't it? You'd never seen the inside of an animal like that. Bodie, any last things that you'd like to say? I want to say to you, thank you for going with me. I'm really proud of the big boy that you're growing up in to be, watching you become a baseball and basketball player. You're a great big brother. You're a good friend to Hayes, even though you're you're older. You're really kind to him, and you guys play really well together. And I think you're going to be a great hunter. But do you want to close with any words? Before Bodie goes, I want to I want to tell Bodie that I am proud of him for pushing through. I mean, it, Hayes and Bodie walked five miles, five miles. For a squirrel that we harvested a hundred yards from the truck. And didn't even provide <laughs> enough food for no. all five of us that were eating on it. But they didn't whine. They pushed through it. And because they did it, I think the reward was great. They had such an awesome time. But I don't want this tradition to stop. I want us to keep doing it. My grandfather and my uncles, they're the ones that taught me how to squirrel hunt. And they kept taking me until I was at the age where I can go on my own. And I'm so thankful for that, and that's what I want to continue to instill in my my kiddo and my son as well. So, Hayes, Bodie, you guys did an awesome job. And, Bodie, is there anything that you want to share before we go? Brian, thank you for taking us. Absolutely, Bodie. It was was definitely, um, maybe if you're blessed enough one day to to grow up to be a dad, you'll understand that this was an honor and a pleasure and and brought your dad and I more joy than, than you guys could even understand right now. Uh, just really, really thankful to be able to to share that with you boys. I hope if you are listening to this that you are encouraged to go make memories outdoors with the people that you love. You will not regret it. It does take effort and time, and sometimes it takes a little bit of money to go out and get the right clothes, but do whatever you can to make memories outdoors with your family and friends. If you are enjoying what we're doing here with this podcast, 2023 is going to be a special, special year. We have a lot planned. Um, We really feel God moving in our hearts um, to share some things. We see the growth that is happening. It's just unbelievable that the people that are listening to this podcast, you know, when you look at the numbers and and see the thousands of people that have downloaded and listened, uh, blown away, really blown away that that many people would log on and and listen to, to us share the things that we love and are passionate about. So, so thankful for that. If you would like to support us, we have a Patreon that uh, account. The best way, uh, we have a link tree. So it's a hyperlink on any of our social media accounts. When you click on it, it gives you an option to go to any of our social media accounts, our website, or Patreon. Once you go to Patreon, 
You could donate $5, 10 or $25 a month to us, and it will help not only us, but will help our families and help us to continue to do this each and every day. Please follow each of our social media accounts. We're on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram. We also would love for you to hit the automatic download button and leave us a review on iTunes. That will really help us climb up those charts so other people can see it as well. We've had several new reviews come in over the holiday, and we're very thankful for those people that took the extra time to do that. That is going to be it for this episode of the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. As always, between now and our next episode, we hope that you find time to get outdoors. Thank you for listening to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, hosted by Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. Please help us by subscribing. Also, follow along on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook.